1: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Edetta lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, are my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we are going to start with a Kansas City Current preview. So a quick reminder before we take a deep dive into the Current, Leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on YouTube, so subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third, and you get, get all sorts of exclusive NWSL content, preview, recaps, interviews, and so much more here on A3. Lisa, we're keeping it rolling. We're rolling down the river. Well, we sure How are. current. <laughs>
2: Rolling Down the river. Oh gosh. I've like missed all these water puns. Um, I'm so bad at them too. They, they always take a few extra seconds to like hit me, but yes, we're cruising with our team by team previews. The season's coming up March 25th. It all starts the regular season underway. Uh, No more challenge cup preseason for the NWSL this year. It's going to be a mid season tournament. Um, So right on the 25th, we right out the gate, Opening games for these teams, um, it's it'll be here before you know it. And you can watch all the games on Paramount+, Plus, which is very exciting. Uh, but I am really excited to dive into Kansas City with you because this is the team we talk a lot about on Attacking Third. And um, we got a lot to talk about them. A lot of good, a lot of bad,
1: a lot of questions.
2: We got a lot. All,
1: all that matters is that we're starting it off with puns. Who doesn't love a good few <laughs> full of puns? We're here to provide, as always, March 25th, right around the corner. It's going to be here sooner than we think. Paramount Plus, CBS Sports Platforms, you can catch all the action. Let's start with an overview here for Kansas City current head coach, Matt Potter, in his second year with the team. And they finished in 2022 as the runners up in the NWSL championship final, they lost in the final to Portland Thorns FC. And uh, we had a lot of fun that week kind of, you know, experiencing the entirety of the event, um, getting to chat with so many folks involved with both teams and the Kansas city current side of things. It just sort of really felt like this a bit of a we've arrived kind of moment uh, for them. And uh, it took us, you know, a little bit by surprise. I think when we were watching that final to see them look a little stagnant uh, yeah. almost. And um, it was a near first or worse to first kind of finish for them. And uh, that was a big storyline for them leading up into that final as well. But they, they've they made some moves in this offseason
2: to they try had, to get yeah. back.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I think they had to do that, right? This is a KC a side that from – the very beginning has said what they want to be, what they want to be in this league, what kind of team they want to be, what kind of club, what kind of franchise in this league. Um, They want to be looked at as one of the best on the pitch, off the pitch with their facilities, with their training staff, with their mindset as professionals. And I think 2022 really showed us that they were going to make that that a reality that they were taking it very seriously, going from finishing dead last in the league to ending up in the final. And with that and, and all the changes that they made throughout the off season, they were looking to make their already good roster, <laughs> their cha- their NWSL championship roster even better. What could they do to make it better? And they looked at the free agency roster list and they said, we want all of these players. Essentially, that's what they said, because Kansas City in the offseason, they picked up uh, Morgan Gatrall and Vanessa DiBernardo to namestay defenders or excuse me, midfielders from Chicago Red Stars, uh, veterans in the league, veterans playing alongside each other, um, it, two players that uh, will fit in seamlessly to this roster. Then the biggest free agent of them all, Brazilian international, Dabinha midfielder, Kansas City snags her. Somehow, I mean, Dabinia saying we like their facilities. I like what Kansas City's doing there and a pretty penny for Dabinia on, on her end because that's what she deserves. And before you know it, Kansas City's already really good midfield has just became fantastic, perhaps a little overcrowded, but fantastic. And that was only in the free agency window.
1: Yeah, they made moves everywhere. Um, Look, we gave this team uh, the offseason grade of an A+. They were winners of the offseason for us. And and on paper, everything that they did in the offseason was to improve their chances on not only returning to the championship final— but winning titles, so whether that is an NWSL championship or the NWSL Shield or, you know, even Challenge Cup, something that's going to run concurrently with the regular season in 2023, um, there's a lot out there up for grabs uh, coming up in this season. And Kansas City's move sort of signaled to me that they want to try to compete for for all of it. And it's not just that free agency period. I mean, we saw this team um, dabble in, in trades during draft week and they also made acquisitions uh in the international windows so not only did they you know were they part of a multi-team trade and uh ended up getting uh moving uh up in the in the standings for the number two pick and ended up selecting uh michelle cooper they also selected alexa spantra uh someone who was rated even in the draft in last year. And we were, had her on draft boards uh, when we were doing all of our mm-hmm. draft previewing in the off season of 2022. So this was a player that was targeted from, you know, I think other teams as well. So to kind of walk out with the draft day uh, hall that they, that they had, I thought was equally as impressive of all the work that they did during the free agency window. Yeah. So, they get they they work the free agency period. They work the draft. They also go out and acquire two Swedish internationals, not one, but two uh, in defender Hannah Glass and Mimi Larson, who I think that was one of their earlier signings of the offseason. And that kind of got pushed to the back burner a little bit because they kept making all of these moves. And like there was a new headline around this team, it felt in the offseason almost every other week or so. Uh,
2: yes, this is insane. Like the, the amount of players that they've got and, and that they've acquired, because I, I don't know, it's, that's like the craziest thing. It's top tier across the board, top tier in their free agency, three starting caliber midfielders, top tier in their draft picks, two players. Uh, I mean, number two overall in Michelle Cooper and then even Alexis Spanstra, who's been now signed a contract with Kansas City. These are two players that could start, right? And and on another team in the league, they might start. I'm not so sure at this point, just looking at the, the depth and the talent that KC has. And then they go and get Hannah Glass and Mimi Larson, two players that... Our Swedish internationals—they could also start. So it's like top of the like scraping the top of the barrel across all fronts, from sure. trades to draft to what they picked up in in the free agency. They've added a lot of pieces, and with adding those pieces, so much of it is is a balance game for teams and what they're doing with adding pieces and also what they've lost in the offseason or or due to injury, trades, retiring, etc. And Kansas City gained a lot more than they lost in the offseason, a a lot more. We talked about how during the draft, Kansas City made a number of strategic moves and trades to – draft up and, and go number two overall, getting Michelle Cooper out of dra- out of Duke. And they had to trade with Gotham FC to get that. And, and the price for Gotham FC was U.S. international forward Lynn Williams, who unfortunately did not play a lot of time at all last year with Kansas City. She played a handful of games during the Challenge Cup at the start of the year and then was out the rest of the season due to injury. So I, I would argue didn't even see time really in Kansas City. Such a limited time that that it's almost like OK, they're yes. not as much losing her because they didn't really have a full grasp on her, even though Williams is back completely. She's playing with the, the U.S. senior national team, played in She Believes Cup, um, getting significant minutes. I, I think that the tradeoff, though, is OK for Kansas City and losing Lynn Williams.
1: I mean, it's it's not just uh, an experienced player and someone like Williams. I mean, they also made a move with all rain, uh, at least Bennett now with the Pacific Northwest uh, team versus, uh, you know, retaining uh, another season with with Kansas City Current. So, I mean, they're not going to have her to to go to. and She was kind of this evolved into like this this option for them. Off the bench after having a pretty successful Challenge Cup appearances with Kansas City. Um, and it just sort of felt like she was a player that they could go to and bring into maybe, you know, second half mm-hmm. or late game scenarios to try to change things up, kind of like a, like a, maybe a little bit of an X Factor type of role a little bit. Um, but they also uh, bid farewell to Taylor Leach, right? Announcing retirement as well. That's something that happens over the course of, of the offseason. So uh, losing some, some different players, but that just seems so minimal when we sort of compare that to kind of the gains that they made over the course of their offseason, Again, whether it was during free agency, whether it was during the trade or if it was during uh, just regular uh, signing and, and acquisitions. So uh, there's a lot to look through though, in between the positions on the roster. It's not just some of these big names and these big yeah. movements that we've been chatting about already. We're going to take a look at the remainder of the roster, maybe chat a little bit about some players who stand out. Stick with us after a quick break. All right, we're back. Let's let's break down this Kansas City current roster. Uh, because one of the things that we also really enjoy when we're looking at teams during the preseason are all the names that sort of end up on a preseason roster. So many you know jokes that go around if it's going to be over or under 30 players, uh, for some teams, but, but let's take a look. At Kansas City and maybe, you know, look at some of the players that we haven't had a chance to to chat about already with this team. The goalkeepers, I mean, stands out uh, with Adriana French, uh, Cassie Miller, also amongst uh, the the goalkeeping core here. They also had Ashley Orkus, someone they drafted, uh, and Jordan uh, Silkowitz, also a draftee to round out with four goalkeepers uh, during preseason a hefty number, double digits, 11 with defenders, uh, Elizabeth Ball, Kate Del Fava, uh Alex Loera, Haley Mace, Addison Merrick, uh, uh, Makia McInnes, uh, we've got Gabby Robertson, Izzy Rodriguez, Ella Schaumburger, uh, Mather Weber, and Jenna we- uh, Weinbrenner. Midfielders, uh, Ryan Childers, Chardonnay Coran, DeBinha, Vanessa Di Bernardo, Morgan Gattraw. We've talked a little bit about those players already. But uh, Lola Bonta, Claire J, Chloe Lagarzo, Sam U.S., and Desiree Scott included in the midfield core as well. And forwards, they listed five with Michelle Cooper, Kristen Hamilton, Cece Kaiser, Mimi Larson, and Alexis Spantra to round <laughs> things out there. So we're going four goalkeepers, 11 and 10 midfielders, and five forwards I, for Kansas City current. There's a there's a there's a lot of names here. I know that's
2: the thing. There's just there's a lot of names on this preseason roster, um, and a lot of really good names. I mean, I couldn't help but giggle and smile when you're running through the midfielders. Um, I, I mean, Debinha, yeah. Vanessa Bernardo, Morgan Control, Lola Bonta, uh, Claire LaBogée, Chloe Lagarzo, yep. Desiree Scott, and, and Sam Us right? Like this is uh, some other things. This may be considered a loss. I mean, we don't know how how far she'll be out, but Sam Us one of the players on this roster and with the United States Women's National Team, that is Due to injury, she put out a statement uh, a few weeks ago saying that her recovery is taking longer than she expected and she's going to be out for uh, a bit for the foreseeable future. Who knows what that means, how long that'll really be. But I I think when you're a Kansas City team, you cannot expect to get a player like that back this year and if you do you you're just excited and you're happy and you're going to run with it but you have to move forward with the pieces you have um, expect the worst hope for the best kind of situation but th- running through this roster I think goalkeepers I I have to start with them because there are four listed on this roster and AD French being one of them who is a U.S. international who has been consistently called up in the last several months to the United States women's national team. And they've also got a Cassie Miller who yeah. who could start and play. So I think like in looking down the line of, the 2023 year, knowing that it's a World Cup year, knowing that there's going to be a, a send-off series for the U.S., knowing that there's going to be a lot of different pieces coming in and out, you are very pleased if you're Matt Potter with an A.D. French and a Cassie Miller as your number one and your number two in goal. Um, I mean, that's a great base. That's a great base. And you're, you're also returning so many incredible pieces from last year in a Haley Mace and Addison Merrick, who stepped into this team and, and started making an impact immediately, a Jenna Weinbrenner, an Elizabeth Ball, a Kate Del Fava, um, Alex Luera. These are all players that, were big parts of the finals run in 2022. And now you've got them back. I mean, this yeah. roster is stacked. On paper, this roster is stacked, Sandra.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think there's an argument to be made, you know, and all of the movement that they had in their offseason that their re-signings were of equal importance mm-hmm. as well. I mean, Alex Florida had a, a breakout rookie season and there was just an unreal, like incomprehensible, unpredictable rookie class um, to evaluate and analyze in 2022 with only three finalists for a Rookie of the Year award, right? Um, but you can look at, Alex Loera's season with Kansas City Current and maybe sort of say, like, this is a player that might have got snubbed, uh, you know, in the category of, you know, being a finalist. Uh, But this was a player that they immediately targeted in their offseason and said, we want to re-sign you. Let's renegotiate your contract lock you up. Haley Mace is going to stay with the current for uh, on a multi-year deal. Uh, Keito Fava was one of these players, I think, that started out with the current and has sort of just grown and built over time over the last couple seasons with this team, sort of become this kind of um, reliable player uh, for, for this team uh, moving forward. So like those three players as, as re-signings I thought were really, really massive for them as well
2: also looking at someone like a cc kaiser on that list as well because this is a player that got traded from racing louisville to be in her hometown in kansas city and at the end of the 2022 season um re-signed with casey through the 2024 season and and this is a massive signing in cc kaiser i'm I'm adding her right along that list with
1: the other ones that re-signed for sure and they did a lot of those first. they were like, let's yeah. make sure we lock up and take care of, of players who who got us here who've been on this very short but very kind of um you know kind of like long journey at the same time. I mean they've only been uh, in existence as a franchise since 2021, but that was such a tough first season for them um ultimately staying in last place uh, throughout the duration mm-hmm. of that inaugural season um, and then having this type of turnaround in 2022 uh, so I like that this was early on their to-do list to make sure that they kind of wrapped up and, and had renegotiations uh with those with those players but uh, that also meant that when we saw them navigating free agency, you talked a little bit about Sam Mewis, Lisa, and it just sort of felt like once we saw them making these, you know, these pickups, whether it was a Morgan Gattrall, Vanessa D. Bernardo, uh, what was going to happen with Sam Mewis? And we now know that they actually yeah. renegotiated her contract, bought her contract out. It's going to be in a one-year. So if so you could just focus on um, on her rehab and, and getting back. She's had she announced that she had an additional surgery as well. So the focus for Sam Mewis is just to to get healthy and try to work her way back. Uh, but it also meant that um, we didn't hear a lot of news or movement. Right around Desiree Scott either. And this was a piece that they added on and they did resign her, but this came very late in the free agency period, uh, just ahead of, of preseason for this team. So then it was like, okay, so you are going to keep Desiree Scott. And that includes all of, you know, with the, with the players that they acquired and, but there's also, you know, players that they drafted that could possibly slot into this role. But I think it's interesting that, um, two of their their i guess considered you know prospects out of the draft uh, not only have signed contracts but are listed as forwards for for their preseason so um we have talked a little bit about this player for some time. We were mm-hmm. able to chat with Michelle Cooper on A3, and that's kind of why we're going with her as our young prospect to watch for Kansas City. Um, I'm not too sure, though, if we're going to see a lot of time for some of these younger players, whether it's a Cooper or a Spanstra, But I would anticipate that during a World Cup, an opportunity will present itself for some of these young players to to get a run out and make an impact.
2: Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. But again, this, this roster already has so much talent. So adding in a player like this, um, it's very different for this team compared to last year where they had so many rookies, but they had a lot of space to play them. They had a lot of opportunity. Um, Now, Kansas City is right they started 2022 with nothing to lose because they finished dead last the year before so they could only go up from there right now i think there's a bit more pressure on Kansas City because they went to the final last year because they um have this target on their back as as being one of the best teams how do they fit into that narrative and i think when you look at someone like Michelle Cooper although she's young coming out uh, entering the draft as a sophomore finishing her sophomore year at Duke before becoming a professional, she's still a player that has a sense of maturity about her. And and we had the pleasure of interviewing Michelle Cooper on Attacking Third and asking her about the process and how it worked. And yes, she's young. I mean, she is a kid, but she still had this level of maturity about her that said she was ready to be a professional from from what I took away. Um, Maybe a little bit more, more so than some of the other draft picks, just because of what she knew and, and what she understood at this point and for a sophomore. I think that was pretty impressive. And, and I want Michelle Cooper to come into this team and make a really big difference. And from the way that Kansas city has already spotlighted Michelle Cooper on their social medias a little bit, it shows me that they're very pleased with what she's seeing in training. I'm going to put that out there like that.
1: Hey, could, it could signal that, you know, we, we might see uh, M- Michelle Cooper crack a, a, An opening day starting 11. And listen, if that happens, that is going to be incredibly cool. But with a young prospect like Cooper, um, it's likely that some of these younger players are going to try to look to, um, you know, veterans on the team to try to mirror and, and, and learn from. And we sort of, Segue this by talking about somebody like Desiree Scott, but uh, in terms of what her signing means to this team, um, this is also another player that they've got on their roster that they did resign, that they have retained with the club, um, but is also navigating this first part of the season with an injury. So this is another player. Um, that this team is not going to have for a good chunk of the season. Um, Because let's just anticipate that somebody like Desiree Scott, who also Mm -hmm. represents Canada's national team, may likely go to the World Cup, right? So in the event that this team is looking for that experienced player to lean on it, is it going to be Scott? And why is it going to be Scott if she's someone who may not be part of some of these early game day rosters.
2: Yeah, she won't be because of injury at this point. I mean, we know that now she put out a a statement saying that she's going to miss the start of the year um, due to an injury that Scott has picked up. But I don't think that deters us from labeling her as this experienced veteran that Kansas City needs to lean on in any way, shape, or form. Because so much of what we know from Desi Scott is, is yes, her performance on the pitch as a defensive midfielder. She's nicknamed the destroyer. We see her do it for club, for country. Um, She is stable. She is so even keeled in that midfield. That's exactly who you want your captain to be, your leader, your, your, Playmaker in the midfield and and on the pitch, um, understanding everything that they have to do to be that leader, but also off the pitch, she's a player that so many of her teammates have talked about as as being um, a big sister or one that takes others under their wings, and we know that's going to happen whether she's playing on the pitch or not due to injury. So it has to be Scott in this in this position, and I think it's pretty interesting because Desiree Scott was a free agent this year and. She was on that free agency list for a very long time, a very long time before Kansas City re-signed her. And Sandra, you and I don't know what that story is about. If she was looking elsewhere, if Kansas City made an offer immediately and Desi wanted to... Uh, kind of pursue other options, see what was out there, play the game a little bit, maybe ask for a bit more money, see what had happened. Um, And ultimately she did re-sign with Kansas City, which is where she started her career 10 years ago in the NWSL. But I think that was a little interesting to see that Scott signed so late in the free agency period. And now that she is back and, and she is recovering from injury, um, I imagine that she'll want to take on that role as veteran leader experienced even more so than before, because she did resign with the same team.
1: I mean, I think it's, it's going to sort of be a little bit of a, you know, a locker room role for a little yeah. bit, at least as she continues to navigate the injury. But I mean, I think you, I think you said it best when you said that, you know, players refer to, you know, this player as, as kind of that, that professional to sort of follow by example. Um, Oh my gosh, we're talking about players that we've had the opportunity to chat with. I remember when we had, you know, Alex Loretta on the show and this was someone who was navigating her rookie season. And then we asked her in the lead up to the, the playoffs, like who was someone that she was trying to emulate? And she referenced Desiree Scott specifically. So I would anticipate that this is going to be a player that will still uh, sort of hold that role amongst her teammates. Um And maybe even as she goes off to World Cup duty, because that's what we got to talk about too. this. How is this game going to be affected by the World Cup uh, window when it comes into light? Who's the uh, who's the international spotlight on? And uh, we are going off the assumption that somebody like Desiree Scott is trying to make sure that she is healthy and ready to go for selection. For a Canadian national team, but we're also looking at a player like Dabinha, who is uh, likely going to be a big, big piece of what Brazil wants to present at the World Cup. But we also are keeping an eye on Adriana French as well. There have typically and traditionally been three goalkeepers that are named to a final world cup roster and we have seen the same three goalkeepers called into camps with black godinowski for for some time now it's been a combination of Alyssa nair casey murphy and adriana french so amongst these three players i think Possibly a big a big miss might be someone like a yeah. but I also believe that you know Adriana French is is someone uh, whose absence that they might feel as well because this is a player I think in watching their 2022 season you could tell that they really pulled from there were moments and stretches and matches throughout the 2022 season that just sort of felt like Adriana French games and Ooh, the reason it's yeah. not results was because French had a a standout game. Uh, not just the reason
2: Casey got results, but the reason A.D. French is back on the U.S. roster right now is because yeah. of her performance with Kansas City in 2022. I mean, lights out performances, keeping the team in games, uh, keeping shutouts, at getting them, right? A big part of getting them through the playoffs and to the NWSL championship was French, And I think... Uh, of course, we have to tread a little bit lightly and say, hey, she could be on the roster. She could. It's likely. It's possible. Um, I, I think Dominia is one of those players that's go- most likely going to, Braz- to be with Brazil at the World Cup. And I think depending on how Kansas City plays in the midfield, she will be a very, very big loss for this midfield. Because uh, we've kind of talked about it throughout the last several minutes with KC because of how many midfielders they have, how many veterans and starting players they have. I'm I'm expecting to see a bit of a different formation or uh, something different, a little cheeky, a little tricky from Matt Potter's side to really utilize all the talent he has on his roster and put them on the pitch at the same time. Now, when you take out some of those pieces due to international tournaments like the World Cup. What do you do then? Do you stick with the formation that's maybe built around some of these players? And I'm I'm looking at a Dabinia. Or do you shift back to what maybe will work better for the group as a whole? But that's asking a lot of questions of your players if, if they're not used to switching back and forth. So I, I think this come World Cup time, um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with KC. Because also losing someone like an AD French. Could be a bit of a drop off, right? Defensively. They're gonna have to score a lot more goals. Now, again, the, the challenge cup is not happening at the middle at uh, the start of the season, it's that it's happening in the middle of the season, July 9th through August 18th, the World Cup, July 20th through August 20th. So a bit of a crossover just for the Challenge Cup. Not many regular season games, but it's still a big factor that teams and coaches have to take into account.
1: There's a lot of pieces that they re-signed, but there's a lot of new pieces that have introduced themselves to the current. And there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on how this team gels together uh, in the 2023 regular season. So maybe there's a little bit of a two-parter question when it comes to the biggest burning question surrounding Kansas City, because you said it, Lisa, Mm -hmm. on paper – This team is a contender when you look at everything that they did through their offseason, beginning with their loss in the 2022 championship final. So can Kansas City get all these moving parts running and working together? And will they make it back to the championship final? That's
2: that is the burning question. Can they get all these moving parts together? Because sometimes we see, for instance, with Casey in 2022, not so many big stars on one roster, right? Uh, You look at someone like Lola Bonta, yes, she's a big name or a Kristen Hamilton up top. But otherwise, they had a lot of players that were coming into this league on on their first or second year. And and it was so much of this team chemistry bought into it. It was Kansas City that you were scared of, not an individual player. Now they've got such big names that teams are going to be a little bit scared of individual players. But can they make that that fear that they're imposing into their opponents uh, come from a hole? Because I think that's what was so special about the current team last year is that they were all so bought in. It was such a team dynamic. Remember the celebrations? Like they, this team was just having fun last year. Can they, can they redo that? I think if it can be the same type of energy as last year where they're having fun, they're all bought in on the same thing, uh, this will be a very successful team because they have the pieces and the talent, but they've got to get on the same page uh, everywhere else.
1: All right, well then let's roll that into uh, a projection. Uh what's going to be the projected finish for this team in 2023? I'll remind folks that in 2022 when we did our way too early previews and predictions for Kansas City, we went high. We said Kansas City is going to end their season in a top uh 5 finish and they went ahead and they blew that prediction out of the water and ended up runners up in the NWL championship final. So I think we're gonna still still stay high with this team, and but aim even higher. We've got Kansas City Current closing out 2023 with a top three finish.
2: I agree. I think that Casey will finish at the top. I mean, they finished the regular season number five, and then entering playoffs in that number five spot. I think that they'll finish the regular season top three. I I, I want to see them host. I want to see them host a first round or get a first round buy in the playoffs. And I think they can do it. I think it's a lot of pressure for this, for any type of team to be dubbed as a top three finish. But this is a Kansas City team that on paper looks really good. And sometimes those are the ones that have the hardest time translating that to the pitch. But I I like what Matt Potter's got going there. I like what he did last year with this team. I like the pieces that are still on this team that can bring the energy from 2022 into this 2023 roster. And they've got a lot of solid veterans that they're adding to this mix, too, that know how to win, that understand what it's like to be in those high-pressure situations and I think they're going to do it. Kansas City is going to be a great team to watch this year. Top three finish for sure. Predicting that for twenty twenty
1: three. Well, they'll give us a lot to talk about no matter what happens because there's an, there's another side of that spectrum that we we'll have to pay attention to. You're either a winner or either a, a not winner in, in this league. So stay tuned. We're going to have uh, so much more to talk about because we are doing team-by-team previews for every single team in the build-up to the regular season. Thank you all so much for listening to Attacking Third. Please make sure to download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with more team-by-team previews for the 2023 season. It kicks off March 25th on Paramount+. Plus. For Sandra Detta and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.